Hey, this is that band I was telling you about. Check it out. Hello, and welcome to the Music Crush Monday podcast. This is the podcast where two friends review and listen to a band that they personally love. Kevin. What up, Steve? How's it going? Good. It's good? How about you? I'm doing great. You're not angry this week? I'm not angry this week. I've kind of gotten over it. I get that (laughs) Monday can't be every single day, but you know, I still want it to be every single day. I've moved past my anger. But it's just for the release of episodes. That's the only reason. Yeah, I just can't wait for this music to get, get out to you guys. There we go. So I'm just, I get it. I'm not angry anymore. I'm just thrilled that we can do this for you guys, and hopefully that you guys are finding new music. So, and I know you're not angry today because I'm presenting. I'm, you know, I'm always happy when you're presenting because <laughs> the stress is off of me. Um, I can just sit back, listen to music. I know I say that every single time that I'm not presenting. But it's but, true. But I can't <laughs> wait for you to give me the band for today. I'm going to try to stump you today. Are You're going to try to stump me? Yep. All right. We'll but see what happens. I'm going to stump you today. Only because I know you know this band. But how are you stumping me? Are you trying to stump me by picking a song that you don't think that I would guess the band? True. Okay. I might not know the band. I guess that's true. You might just be assuming. And you know what that means. Yeah, you're an ass. That's what it, no. I didn't mean it, Steve. I'm sorry. Let's go back to being friends. Okay. <laughs> I like the delay. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I know um, this is a band I really like. Okay. And we'll see where the conversation goes. They got a pretty good history. So there's a lot that happened with this band. And there's, I don't know, it's just they make good music and I love it. And I'm pretty sure... Actually, I don't know where you are at with this band. I know you know who it is for two hundred percent, but for sure. All right. Um, I don't. I, maybe I shouldn't preface it that way because then you'd be like, oh, like maybe you won't know who it is. But I do know you know the band for Even sure. Even if I do know the band, I'm gonna pretend I don't know who it is now. That's true. That's on you. I just want to watch your face while the music's playing and just seeing the confusion or confidence of, oh yeah, I know this. Okay. All right. Go ahead and play me the first song. We're gonna play you the first song, which I will say like always was very difficult to pick yeah yeah but because actually it was difficult to pick because i was wondering should i try to throw you a curveball i feel like that's what you always try to do you're like i gotta pick a song steve won't know at first i did but then eventually i was like i'll just play music that i like play the music so here we go (laughs) don't get mad
There it is. 200%, huh? Oh, 200%. 200%. Did I really throw a curve one at you or what? I don't know. I, I don't know who it is. I, I have a guess, but I don't know who it is. All right, well, let's let's take this route. What did you think of the song? It was pretty good. Like yeah. I I enjoyed the chorus. I always I do enjoy the mixture of the heavy kind of screaming and then going into kind of a poppier chorus. Yeah, something that I can actually sing along to. So I do enjoy that. So I I liked it. It's not something that I can say I've heard the song before. I if I have heard the song, it was probably like one or two times. Sure, in passing. Yeah, I picked that song because of the chorus. I like that chorus a lot. Yeah, it's a good chorus. I liked it, I, and I like I don't know. I liked it. I like the other elements of there's like some synthesizer elements as well. Yeah, uh, which is what's leading me to kind of my guess. Also, oh. so I was trying to figure out what band it is. I'm not a hundred percent certain that I have the correct thing because the band that I'm thinking of has two singers. One's a screamer, one's a singer. Okay. Am I at least right? I'm just going to just go, just guess. Is it under oath? Dang. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause yeah. I was trying to tell if that was Aaron Gillespie or not when he was in the choruses. Uh, cause I couldn't tell. I'm guessing this is off their new album. Yes. Uh, just because of some of the explicit lyrical content. Yep. Um, but I, another reason why I picked that song. <laughs> I only listen, I think I've only listened to the new album once so far. Yeah. But I did like this song. It was good. It's, it's not as heavy as a couple of their albums. So I, yeah. I did like it. It's definitely a different album for sure. For those that may not, or may have heard it, but that was under oath. Um, very, very popular band. That's why I said I knew for sure you knew who we talked about Under Oath in the past, so in this podcast. So I knew that you knew who it was. I didn't know if you would guess it though. And I'm to help you out there, I don't think that was Aaron Gillespie singing. I think Spencer, oh, really? I think Spencer does like majority of the clean vocals on this album. Interesting because yeah, that, that was the thing. I was, I was like, this doesn't sound like Aaron Gillespie because I know that he always did the clean vocals right. in the past, and he would, he's also the drummer and considered kind of the band leader. Yeah. So I kind of was trying to hear, but I wasn't hearing Aaron Gillespie, and it didn't sound. It sounded like the same guy doing the screaming and the singing, but I didn't. I couldn't tell, so I wasn't. I wasn't one hundred percent sure, but I figured I'd go for it. Yep. From what I understand, I don't know what the percentage is, but Aaron definitely does not do as much singing as he used to do in the past. Okay. But I think Spencer's voice has gotten a ton better from when they first came out. Well, like he, when he left the band, he started another band, and I think he was primarily singing in yeah, that band. I think he was singing guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So. so he obviously knows how to sing. It was just that they had the split duty. Aaron was always the singer of, right. of Under Oath. So. Yeah. Which is one of the things I really like about this band. I'll just throw this out there. Aaron Gillespie probably... If I had to pick a favorite drummer, he would be one of my favorite drummers for sure. Yeah, I think he's... I've not seen Under Oath live. Um, I've seen Aaron Gillespie live. I have seen videos of Under Oath live. And I think that he's a very entertaining um, drummer. And it's always really cool to see a drummer who's also like the lead singer of the band. Even though Spencer is the lead singer, he's like the front man doing a lot of the screaming and stuff. He's the one there, but Aaron is kind of the lead singer of the band. Right. Yeah. And that's hard to like put into words if you don't know Under Oath at all. Yeah. But one of the things I really like is he plays really complex stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and sings like yeah it's intense and he doesn't use a in-ear monitors no i mean like for his microphone he just has a mic stand next to his drum set and he leans oh yeah he doesn't he doesn't have like the garth brooks britney spears style headset i I was trying to think of what the word that (laughs) which i thought like i don't know if you ever heard of seven dust Um, yeah the drummer of seven dust does some background screaming stuff but he wears one of those garth brooks headsets so i thought that was interesting for aaron gillespie for him playing such complex parts Right. Because he just doesn't write normal stuff. And I don't think he's trying to like make it weird. I think that's just his writing style. Yeah. And, and he's he's kind of a multi-instrumentalist too. Like I know that he plays guitar, mm-hmm. is a drummer. I'm sure he plays several other instruments as well just in knowing that style of that type of person right. and their musicality. So I think he just has a different, probably a different brain for it than majority of people to be able to come up with super uh, complex, heavy drum parts, and then also to be able to sing to that. And I don't know, it's just, yeah. it's kind of cool that he's he's able to have such a creative mind to be able to do, pull all that together. Right, right, for sure. I'm honestly late to the Under Oath game. I'll be honest with you. I think I started listening to Under Oath when Aaron left the band. So when they broke up. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Because they put out an album without him. Um, right. But I I didn't really listen. I mean, I listened to him because I have friends that really dig Under Oath. But like, I even seen him live. I saw him, like I said, on a previous episode, I had Emery open up the show, then August Burns Red, then it was Under Oath. So that's like a killer lineup. You know, I was just like, I was there for Emery. Right. And I knew Under Oath. I knew a few of the songs and that was about it. But I wasn't really like totally into it, which I, I kind of wish I was because now it seems really hard to go see him do you know what album it was that aaron wasn't on was it just disambigation yeah Ambigation? i think the last yeah. one he was on was the lost and sound of separation okay and that one i think was a fairly heavy album yeah and, that, and that's one i don't know that well either i i know define the great line and they're only chasing safety oh you know what define the great line that was that's like a, a really heavy album that's a really heavy album yeah there's not a lot uh pop pop in there because only chasing safety was kind of my introduction to them yeah and cut because when it first came out, they're another. They were another tooth and nail solid state band. Yep. And so I wanted to check them out, and I wasn't. All, I wasn't really into the heavier stuff back then. But it was cool to have this band that was had these cool electronic elements, but then also they were heavy and had these, you know, real catchy. Yeah, poppy, catchy choruses. But then I also found out the leads that the lead singer was basically the drummer as well, and I was like, "Oh, this is really weird and yeah. cool." But I didn't really get into "Define the Great Line" or I'd, or even going back to like "The Changing of Times," which was uh, one of their first albums. I enjoyed their "Only Chasing Safety," and then they kind of dropped off for me just because when a band moves to that pure just heaviness, I'm like, yeah. eh, "Okay." <laughs> And it's interesting, too, because I didn't... Define the Great Lines the one I really got into first, so that's the one I clung on to. Sure. And it wasn't until maybe this past year, to be honest with you, that I really gave The Only Chasing Safety a, a good listen. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many good songs yeah. to me in there. And it's funny because, not to fast forward, to skip around too much, but their latest album called Erase Me, the song is called Hold Your Breath. Oh, okay. And what I really enjoyed about this album, it's really different from Under Oath, but there's a lot more electronic stuff, which I've always like, I know they have this keyboard player who's like absolutely insane live. Mm -hmm. Like he's one of those guys that just sticks out to me. He just goes crazy the whole time, but I don't really hear a whole lot of electronic stuff in the earlier stuff. Maybe you picked up on it more than me. There's parts here and there, obviously, but like in this album, it's really, really out there, which I really enjoyed. 
Yeah, I mean, they've all the keyboardist has always been in there. I, I mean, I super noticed it on "They're Only Chasing Safety," but that maybe that yeah. was just because of the time. This song that you just played kind of felt like more. The keyboard stuff was more like backing track kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I felt like in like "They're Only Chasing Safety" was like actual keyboard parts and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that part of it, and the video, the live videos that I've seen of them. He, the keyboard player is always kind of going nuts. He goes crazy, yeah. Which is always entertaining always to watch. Enter- yeah. I like think back to like Motion City soundtrack and stuff like that, seeing them live and how intense that keyboard player is. And I don't know. It's just, it's always fun to see musicians just kind of like just losing their minds. Actually, the whole band really goes goes off okay for under oath like i think that was one of their things that when they first kind of came out was like that was going to make them stand out it was their their live show was just really intense and i don't know i i enjoyed the show when we saw them and i i hope to see them again soon but they seem to be doing a lot more like festival stuff and um and then they did like a, a small little tour but it was like sold out you know like super hard to get a ticket for some reason but yeah i know a couple of them are have like full-time jobs and stuff like the keyboard player i've heard on uh, other podcasts talk about how he uh has a full-time job he's like a, a, com- a computer programmer yeah he, i think he works for the government or something like that and oh. so <laughs> the only time he can go on tour is vacation or whatever right. so that's when he can do it i could be wrong about the government thing he I, but i feel like he's a computer programmer yeah, he definitely has. I remember hearing it also, but I don't know exactly what. But he definitely does have a job. Like when the band broke up, like yeah. a couple of the guys went and got full time jobs. To how they got back together, I think it was just kind of like an idea, and then it just kind of kept sparking. And then, from what I understand, this album is like for all of them the best thing for them because they literally just stopped trying to be under oath, and they just wrote music. Yeah, and it was just like super free and open before it was super tense and. Well, like, yeah. like there's certain expectations when a band uh, progresses through their career where they have the first album and then that that does really well. And then the second album is even bigger than the first album. So then there's this expectation of, well, what's their third album going to be like? And then right. the third album, you know, either meets or surpasses everybody's expectations. I know that Define the Great Line was a much heavier album, so whether or not the fan base gravitated to that more than what was on their only chasing safety. I feel like they probably grew for sure. Mm-hmm. And then all subsequent albums after that, like the pressure to recreate, maybe not recreate, but like trying to figure out what we can do, to create the next thing for our band and not stay stagnant with what, how we're sounding. Right. And the pressure of that and all of the different personalities in a band can create a lot of different tensions and things like that. So I feel like it's very difficult to keep progressing as right. bands sometimes. And there are several members in this band. I think that it's like, what, a six-piece or something like that? Yeah, yeah, because they got two guitars, bass, keyboard, singer, drummer. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of different people involved, a lot of different families involved. Right. So um, there's a lot of different tensions that can be created that can cause bands to break up. And so to be able to break up for a little while 
and then be able to be free with no expectation of what this is going to sound like because nobody's expecting you guys to get back together. Right. They get in the studio, they get in the rehearsal room, and they're just like, all right, let's let's create some new music, and they're doing it, and they're enjoying it, and they're like, all right, let's record it. To me, that's a much better way of doing the process and not caring so much what everybody else is going to think about it because most fans will probably just buy it regardless. Right. Um, and they'll have a decent album sale. Whether or not it equates to like people latching onto it is another thing. But if you enjoy what the music that you're putting out, the chances are probably greater that your fan base is going to latch on to it too. Yeah, and I think with this band, for being a tooth and nail band and being that successful, I think was just maybe added pressure because you can probably give me some insight in this. Tooth and Nail isn't a big label, but it's not. How would you describe Tooth and Nail Records? Because, I mean, you bring a lot of Tooth and Nail bands. It's a very known label, but it's not like Roadrunner or something, you know, that, that's like a sure. bigger in the market. Maybe, I guess, maybe that's where I'm leaning towards. But Yeah, I mean, over the years, Tooth and Nail has grown. They were more of kind of an underground Christian punk hardcore label that wasn't necessarily like we're singing about Jesus all the time. It right. was like we're Christians in a band kind of thing. And so it grew kind of just, I would say probably like in youth groups and things like that where kids were listening to it because it was an alternative to secular music and stuff like that. And so that actually grew and changed because Tooth & Nail has several different, not several different, they have two other, three other uh, sub labels. So there's Tooth and Nail. There is Solid State, which mm-hmm. is what Under Oath is on. That's where all the heavy bands are on, like Under Oath and Demon Hunter and Haste the Day, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's Back Recording, which is the kind of Christian contemporary Jeremy Camp kind of stuff. Um, and then they also had, I don't think it still exists, but they also had like a rap label which was called oh, really? Uprock Records. Yeah, so as Solid I think Solid State is really their money maker area because you got you got bands like Under Oath. Under Oath got so big. They were probably one of their top bands before Under Oath. It was probably like MXPX was their big money making band or right. the OC Supertones were their big band. Um and actually the Supertones weren't on Tooth and Nail. They were on Beck Recordings because it was more of Christian contemporary even though it was ska. Tooth and Nail was like Christians in a band. Beck was like I don't know if it's Beck. I always called it Beck. It's B E C Recordings and those were more of like the absolute Christian bands. Like okay. they are singing about Jesus. They are Christian bands that sure. play churches and all that stuff. Tooth and Nail are like bands that maybe play churches, but probably are playing clubs. Solid State are just super heavy bands. Um, and so bands like Under Oath and Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter has a lot of commercial success. Okay. Under Oath has a lot of commercial success. They're definitely one of the bigger Tooth and Nail bands. They've helped grow that label. So Tooth and Nail actually sold the rights to all of their back catalog to, I can't remember what major label it was, like Sony or something like that. So they sold the entire back catalog so that they can move away from all the commercial stuff and they can kind of start putting out bands that they just want to put out again. That's recent? Yeah, in recent years. I would say in the last two or three years, they oh, okay. they sold the entire back catalog to to the major label. Gotcha. But they they're definitely a bigger label and they have they have a following that and that's the reason why, you know, I find some tooth and nail bands is because back in the day I would just order CDs because it's a new tooth and nail release. Right, right. I wouldn't know necessarily what the band sounded like. 
I would just be like, oh, I really want to hear this band because it's the new Tooth and Nail band. Right. So I would get, I would order pre-order CDs and just get them because it's Tooth and Nail. Right. And, and then you end up liking a lot of those bands and bring them to the podcast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, thanks for the insight because, I mean, I definitely know Tooth and Nail, obviously, but I only know the bands I like on it. Sure. You know, there's obviously a whole depth to it, but what I found interesting with their latest album, Erase Me, that just came out this year, these guys were, or I shouldn't say were, because I don't know where they're all at still, but like, were this big time Christians that were like mm-hmm. preaching from the stage and don't anymore. Obviously, they this song had some, some swearing in it, which they're getting a ton of backlash for from probably the Christian side of their fan base. And um, I know a few of the guys have come out and just basically say they don't know if they believe anymore type of thing. And, and I don't know if this is their reason for doing what they did with the record label. I don't know if you knew this, Steve, but they're not on Tooth & Nail anymore. Okay. Um, they literally bought with their own money themselves out of Tooth & Nail. And they're now on Fearless Records. Okay. So they're seeing a lot more like radio play, stuff they never had before. Mm-hmm. because Tooth & Nail, that's why I was asking about the market thing. Like Maybe Tooth & Nail didn't have the people to get bands on the radio as much as they can, like Fearless can. Or... I feel like Fearless has some major label backing now. When they first were a record label, they weren't. So they probably do have a little bit more marketing mm-hmm. than the current Tooth & Nail, because I think Tooth & Nail scaled back some of their stuff. So I could see, I could see why they would move over to a different label and it's a label that probably suits them a little bit more yeah can get them out into places that tooth and nail doesn't necessarily have the marketing for right i mean under oath like you said before was probably had that fan base that like oh it's a new under oath album i'm just gonna buy it Mm -hmm. but now they have like a different sort of push yeah they probably never had before so it's interesting i i do like this album it took me quite some time to like it though Mm-hmm. because it is different like there's like a lot of like nine inch nails sound to it like which is odd to say like stuff like that like you even heard the beginning of that song that like it's more of like an industrial, industrial kind yeah. of thing yeah which is interesting um it's cool and i i do find it cool that spencer sings a lot more i do like his voice um not as much as aaron's but i do like it um i know that when when they kind of took their breakup Aaron was still playing music mm-hmm. and then he actually filled in for taking back Sunday, like for a tour or something like that too. So like he can sing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's just gotten better at it and they're kind of just running with it now. And I find that kind of cool. It's almost like a second career, even though they were very successful the first time around, you know, right. They're just kind of picking back up where they left off and more. So yeah, it's kind of cool. It is pretty cool. Um, so I don't know. Have you heard that album much? Like I think I, I said, earlier i think i've only listened to it maybe one time maybe two yeah um it's possibility i usually listen to new albums at work and if something catches my ear i'll continue to listen to it um not to say this didn't but sometimes i walk i have to like walk away and go do work and then it just continues to play and then it's on to the next thing in my playlist so then i don't think to go back to it yeah and I think, I mean, I liked what I heard in this song, so I would go back and listen to the the full length yeah. again. You might like it. I mean, there's definitely some heavy parts, but it's not as, like, hardcore heavy or something sure. as before. Um, the next song I'm actually going to play for you is probably one of two of my favorite Under Oath songs. Okay. Um, it's off of Define the Great Line. Okay. And, like I said, that was the album that kind of got me into them, like, when I finally actually listen to under oath i almost started with this song but then i 
to me sounds like a typical, not typical, but like traditional under oath song. So that sure. I thought maybe like you would know this right away. So that's why I, I knew you knew who the band was. That's why I wanted to like mess you up at the beginning. But the thing is, I didn't really know who the band was. I mean, I, well, I, I had mean, a guess. You know who Under Oath is. That's kind of what yeah. I'm getting at. Oh, I, got, like, I got what you're saying. Yeah. But if I played this song, you would have been like, that's Under Oath. Like within the first few seconds. This is Aaron singing when okay. it starts off. Mm-hmm. So for any listeners that don't know Under Oath, you'll hear a little bit of a difference. They do have similar voices, mm-hmm. but Aaron's... Uh, Aaron's ha- has a pretty distinctive voice, yeah. and that's what was throwing me off on the first one because I didn't hear kind of the some of the signature stuff that he does with his voice. Yeah. So I, I wasn't 100% sure that it was under oath early on, so it'll be interesting to hear him on this one just because I feel like I'll be like, oh, there, for sure. That, yeah. That was Aaron. Yeah, you'll hear it right away, and like Steve said, this album's pretty heavy, so this song is heavy, but... I love it, and this song is called Writing on the Walls, off of the album Define the Great Line. Yeah. 
go. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, um, listening to that song and knowing that that's off the Define the Great Line, maybe it's just my tastes are changing some, but that's not as heavy as I remember. I, for some reason, like, think back to uh, the times when I would hear uh, Zayo or something like yeah. that, where it's just like, thrashy and this wasn't this wasn't really thrashy i kind of liked it it was yeah wasn't that much different than even the song that you played earlier um yeah i mean it's different yeah it's different but it's not an extreme different uh different take so i i would definitely go and listen to define the great line um and try to get an appreciation for it actually i would, would probably go back and listen to they're only chasing safety just to remind myself of what i liked about them originally and then yeah. move on and see just how they progressed. I didn't find it as, I guess, I don't want to say repulsive, but as... <laughs> as disgusting. No, just as, as like, sh- uh, shutting... Sh- like, usually when I would hear screaming and stuff back in the day, I would just kind of shut it off and be like, eh. Yeah, sure. I can't understand what they're saying. I don't want to hear it. So, yeah. But I, I, I enjoyed it, for sure. So I would definitely check them out some more. I think I'll listen to the new album. I'll be interested to hear the playlist that you put together, yeah. uh, just so I can kind of get a bigger picture of what they are. Um, I could do the, the shuffle playlist thing, but I would like to see the progression yeah. that, they, that they did. Actually, what's really cool about Define the Great Line is if you listen to it, like if you have the time to really listen to front to end, it doesn't really stop. And there's just like kind of some like in between, like just instrumental stuff too. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. I think Spencer said it before. Like he used to think like the albums had to be like a story to where like it all connected, not necessarily lyrically mm-hmm. or anything, but like musically. Like it all has to just make sense. I think they didn't do that with Erase Me. Okay. Which he said that like freed him up a little bit because he was always like particular about this has to like all connect. Yeah. I mean, I think that. A lot of the times, albums are put together very meticulously where it's like this song needs to go into this song and this song. Right. And I've talked about in the past where I'll be listening to an album and I can already start humming or singing the guitar part or the vocal part that's going to start right. off the next track, like the first 10 seconds of it before the song even starts just because I know the album so well. So like to be the person that's planning the track order once the album is completed and how everything flows together is kind of huge. Like it it creates different memories for different listeners. So having that flow may seem very important, but like you said, with their most recent album, it sounds like they just created songs and they put it in whatever order they wanted. It didn't have to have any specific type of flow. Right. So it'll be interesting to hear, to find the great line where it kind of just flows in and then hearing the kind of separation of their latest album. Yeah. And definitely, Define the Great Line is a heavy album. That was probably one of their heavier songs with a catchy chorus and stuff. I really like that song because of Aaron's vocals, too, especially when it hits that really high note, which I don't think he does live in the videos I've seen, but I don't blame him because that's a hard note to hit for anybody, let alone a drummer, Mm -hmm. um, while you're playing drums. But yeah, Define the Great Line, I think, is probably my favorite album by them. They're chasing... They're only chasing safety. They're only chasing safety a close second. Okay. And I'll be honest too, I want to listen to more of their in between stuff. Like I joined like I said, joined the game late and didn't really get into Lost in the Sound of Separation or Disambiguation. But I want to go back and listen to those as well, especially for making the playlist. Maybe there's something good out there. It's just a band I really enjoy. I listen to them quite a bit, especially when I'm at work. You know, like mm-hmm. listening to like heavy music while working seems to help me out. <laughs> cause I because I'm not really like focused on the music. Yeah. 
and it just helps me work. So under oath is, is constantly on for me. Yeah. Sometimes that's how I am during work too, where if I can just put something on in the background, that's pleasant to me. Yeah. Like sometimes it is heavier music where I don't care what's going on too much, but sometimes just like really down slow music. I always find myself, I'm like, I don't listen to a lot of upbeat stuff. I listen to a lot of just downer stuff, which is weird. (laughs) Downers. Yeah. Another thing real quick that's kind of fun for me anyway. I like to watch YouTube videos of bands, concerts, and stuff. And there's some Mm -hmm. videos out of a drum cam on Aaron for a concert, but it's just the drums. Like you can hear the back like the vocals and mm-hmm. the guitars, but very only because his drum mics are picking it up. I think I saw that video. So yeah, there's like four or five different songs from the same show. Yeah. And my son like is super into it, like super into it. He's, he wants to watch it all the time. He's like, can I watch Aaron? I told him his name's Aaron. Yeah. Can I watch Aaron? He'll say, you know, like we'll see a drum set. He's like, Oh, that's like Aaron. That's awesome. You know? So it's like, he's super into drums. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe takes off for him. So that's as, cool. as a dad who is in a band and like loves music, I think that's really fun. Hey, drums are, we've said it before, drums Super are important. the backbone of the band and the most important part probably. So yeah. starting them off young. Yeah, let's get them going. Get, <laughs> everyone can use a good drummer. So Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was a fun story I wanted to, to touch in there because um, seeing his love for music, or all, it, all three of my kids really, they love music, but... Seeing like his eyes light up and just fo- and just focus on a, a video like he's yeah. two he doesn't sit for anything but he'll sit and watch Aaron Gillespie play drums so that's pretty cool kind of cool but anyway yeah I don't know if you have any closing statements I know we didn't really get into their history too much besides the fact that Aaron left the band at one point but there's just so much to talk about with Under Oath and they got a lot of good music out there so yeah I, no I, think, I mean th- you know, I think you've said it said it we said it all you said as much <laughs> as much as we can yeah. And there, there are plenty other uh, podcasts and re- interviews and all that stuff where you can catch the backstory of why they broke up and sure, yeah, they're all very, other sorts of band drama. And they're very open, like that, so very open about that. I've heard him on multiple podcasts. Different guys, Aaron, Spencer, even Tim, the mm-hmm. guitar player. They've they've all had their take of the story. And there's actually a DVD that they made. Yeah, which, have you seen that? I have not seen the DVD, but I've heard heard about it. Yeah, I want to see that too. I don't even know if it was like released. I think it was just like a fund funded thing that wasn't in stores. Yeah, so it's got to be out there somewhere. But have to check it out. It, it basically followed their their farewell tour. Right. And there was like some interviews in there that weren't pleasant. And like <laughs> I'm sure Spencer was like going off at one point like this isn't the end of me, you know, right. this band doesn't define who I am. And like, he was all pissed off like at their last show. And I do want to see that. So I think that'd be kind of interesting, but yeah, we'll it's cool to, we'll it's, to look for it. It's cool to see them all back together with Aaron back in the band and making good music. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining us again this week and don't forget to follow us on our social media. You can hit us up, uh, Twitter and Instagram at MCM pod. And you can also go to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Music Crush Monday podcast. You can shoot us an email at musiccrushmonday at gmail.com. And if you would be so awesome to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere really where you can leave a review for this podcast, that will help us out greatly to get this podcast out to new listeners and people who could potentially become new fans of the bands that we're showing you guys. And if you are so kind to give us a review... Please let us know and show us a screenshot 
and email us musiccrushmonday at gmail.com with your address and we will send you your very own Music Crush Monday sticker. And these stickers are awesome. They They're are. not just normal plain square stickers. They are like cut out with our logo. It looks really cool. They're really fun. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take some pictures and we'll show you guys what they look like. Get you excited for the stickers and leaving us a review. It really doesn't take that much time to leave a review. It doesn't have to be a super detailed one. It doesn't even have to be a five-star review. If you be don't honest, like the podcast, tell us you don't like the podcast. We'll still send you a sticker. We'll still send you a sticker. <laughs> if you give us a one-star review, go for it. Go for it. Share, share the podcast with friends, family, enemies, anybody that you think is a music lover or not a music lover and you want to get that person into music and into the music that you enjoy and the music that we enjoy. So, and that's, that's the whole purpose of this podcast, getting music out, new listeners, and um, making sure that these bands uh, gain some new fans. We want to thank you again for joining us this week. And Steve, we'll see you Monday. Um, 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 but yeah, it, um, uh, um, 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 but I didn't, I didn't, um, uh, I, I, I'm, um, um, the word, word, uh, um, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs>